anything can happen if you believe, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, there's this thing happening in Mark where this little boy was epileptic, and the dad took the little boy to Jesus. He said, your disciples couldn't do anything. Can you do something? And then Jesus said, in verse 23, Jesus said, if I can do anything, you say to me, if I can do anything, all things are possible for him who believes. And at once the father of the boy gave an eager, piercing screech, and he was crying, and he had tears, and he said, Lord, help me with my unbelief. And you know what? I've been going through that same thing where I needed help with my unbelief. So let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you're so, so good to us. We thank you and praise you for teaching us your way. We thank you and praise you that you are good and you want to help us with our unbelief today. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. He's so good and he's so exciting. And I started to tell you in another video that I was believing him for teeth. I had gone to the dentist all my life and had so many problems with my teeth, had so much work done on my teeth. I just got fed up with going to the dentist and spending money on teeth. And so I started believing him for teeth. And then I started wondering, I wonder if I'm believing something that he won't do or can't do. And of course, he can do anything. We just read that. And that's a scripture he gave me to stand on. He said, your foundational scripture, he said, is anything is possible for him. Who believes. And so I started believing him and things just didn't happen. You know, when you believe God for something, sometimes it just takes a while because he has to work things out of you. And I had a care of what people thought, you know, because I, I had some teeth come out and then I worried about what people thought of me. Like, I didn't care. And why am I not getting my, my teeth fixed? And I didn't want to be a toothless Annie. And it was just, you know, just to the point where I was just feeling embarrassed about believing him. And he said that to me. He said, how can you be embarrassed to believe me for teeth and then expect to get teeth? And so he started working that out of me. I also had, um, for encouragement, I asked him to encourage me one day. And I had a vision of his great big white smile in front of my face. And he said he was excited that I was believing him for an impossible thing. Isn't that cool? And so then the next thing um, that I saw once when I needed more encouragement because this has been going on for so long is I saw him, I saw myself with this great big white sparkling smile. And since then, on and off, I get so embarrassed to have someone close to me or, you know, and, and see in my mouth and wonder what they think. But, you know, another scripture that um, he encouraged me with is that in Philippians, it says when we don't, we don't have any need for any outside help, that he, he, he is everything that we need. So he wanted me to share that with you today. And um, I, I had some, another tooth break off and um, it fell out. And um, today he asked me to just throw it away because I could go back to the dentist, which I did a couple months ago and have it glued back in and so anyway, he wanted me to just get on here and be transparent with you today. And I am not going to be embarrassed that I'm believing my, my God for new teeth. And he's excited that I'm doing that. 
you know, he's coming and he asked me to go for him. And that was one of the things that I was saying, well, I need teeth first. I need new teeth first, Lord. I can't just go talking to people on the street without teeth. And, you know, I just did it because I'm not going to go to hell because I didn't have teeth first to go do my assignment. And we're like that, you know, we're like, well, first I got to do this. First, I got to do that. And when he asked me to quit my job, I'm like, first, I got to get out of debt. But he said, you know, your your job is keeping you in debt. Your job is keeping you in debt. And so I did quit my job and he cleaned up my debt. So he's so good. And, you know, he, he's just so in love with us. And he's just showing us how we don't trust him. And if we did trust him, we would have that faith action to go with it. And so my faith action is what he was helping me work on. You have to know that when you start trusting God for something, and it doesn't happen right away, he's going to work that faith action out for you. James 2.17 says, faith without action is dead. And so part of my faith action today is just to get on here without teeth and not care what you think and just tell you, I am believing God for teeth and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not. And so here I am without a lot of teeth right in front of the camera, even took out the partial I had for um, this video today because they asked me to. And so anyway, I know I'm going to be richly rewarded. I heard another story of a man today that my son told me about. And um, God gets you, you know, to the place where you, you just have to be like, okay with where you're at to believe that even though it doesn't look like anything's happening, that it will. And I've had lots of situations like that that weren't hard, and most of them were on the inside that people couldn't see. And so it wasn't hard to just believe him. But, you know, people's opinions can be pretty strong, but we have to remember that on that day, when we stand before Jesus, we're going to be held accountable. He, he said that many, even that call him Lord, if you call him Lord, you have to consider this being you. You might have all kinds of excuses why you're not doing what he said to do. But he's going to say, I didn't know you away from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so if I say, Lord, I can't go and do my assignment because I don't have teeth, which I kind of was doing for a while. I was putting it off. Then he's going to say, I didn't know you, you who practice lawlessness. Recently, um, he took me to heaven and I sat at that banquet table with him. And he was encouraging me to carry on with my assignment. And, you know, people think, I just feel like I'm supposed to mention this, people think that um, they don't have to do that greater work. But he said, if you believe, if you believe in him, then you're going to do that greater work. If you care about what he cares about, which is what's been happening to me and it changes your life. You know, when you, you have kids and they hurt, um, you hurt. You care about what they care about. And, you know, the same goes the other way around. Your kids care about what you care about. When you hurt, they hurt. And that's really what loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is. And so he's starting to show me how he feels. And I can't ignore that. And I can't say, well, I got to do, I have to have teeth first. You know, it doesn't matter if your people are going to hell and it grieves you. And, I, you know, I can't say I'm not going to do my part until you give me teeth um, and care more about myself than to be stay committed to him and care about what he cares about. And it's not his will.
that one should perish. It's not okay with him. And so I'm going to go and do my part. And I'm not going to worry about me. He always says, you take care of my stuff, I'll take care of your stuff. And so as I'm taking care of his stuff, I can already see things happening in my life that haven't been happening before. Um, And one thing I just feel prompted to share with you is um, my washing machine. I have a front load. And it seems like every once in a while, there's just something that goes wrong with it. And I do do a lot of washing, probably pretty hard on it. And so anyway, lately, it just stopped draining again. It stopped draining, which um, makes it, you know, clothes wet and then it doesn't spin. And I thought, oh, here we go again. I'm going to have to call someone. And I didn't even have faith for that, really. Um, other than what I did do is I said, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Leave my appliances alone. And um, it actually did a twofold. Um, I had got a twofold return on that because um, my brand new refrigerator was always leaking too, and that isn't leaking anymore. I was leaking out water under the bottom, and we just kept putting a rug there and not really doing anything with it, which I was thinking I probably should get that taken care of. But anyway, my washer, I was uh, I was just going to manually spin something out and rinse it and then go down there and manually put it on spin. And it just started up all by itself. It just made it work. And my refrigerator started not leaking water. And it, other things have just been happening because I care about what he cares about. And that's what he's asking you today. Put aside that thing that is so important to you that you think he needs to do before you can go and do what he said to do. And you are called to do his work. And um, you can read that in Matthew 24. Actually, I think I'm going to read that to you because people don't think that they don't, they have to do his work and um, get it up here quick. Yeah, I got it right here. Actually, he said that when he comes, it will be like a thief in the night for many. And he said, watch, therefore, give strict attention, be cautious and active, for you know not the day or the hour when he comes, when he's going to come. And understand that if the householder would have known a part of the, the night the thief was coming, he would have been watching. He said, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect him. And so I got to get rid of this ad that is just driving me crazy, blinking on and off right here. So then he said um, to be ready, and the faithful servant, the wise servant, will, when his master has put in charge of the household, to give others the food and the supplies for the proper time. That means you've been given a gift and a talent to give others, to prepare them for, you know, the lost sheep is what he's concerned about. And when we call ourselves Christians, we say we believe them. We get a part. And what he's doing, we partake, we say we love him, we're going to care about what he cares about, and then we're going to go and we're going to do that thing that he asked us to do for him. And he said, when he comes, if he finds you doing that work, you are blessed. And then um, actually, this is Matthew 24. And I started in verse 42, and up to 51. I'm going to read if that servant is wicked and says to himself, Oh, it's been a while. And isn't that what people say? Oh, it's been a while. He said he's coming forever and he still hasn't come. And so they stop watching and praying. And if you stop watching and praying, he said, it will be as if a thief in the night came. 
You're not going to want him to show up if your attention was on something else. If you're all hung up in your job and you spend 24 hours a day just thinking about your job and thinking Jesus is going to be a while, when he comes and that distraction, whatever you are distracted with, really is your God. Whatever takes all your time and attention is your God. And, you know, a job can seem like a good thing, but if it takes all your attention, and I could get deeper into that, but I'm not. I shouldn't have said a job. But anything, anything. Well, maybe it, maybe it's a series on TV, and you're spending all your time just into this thing and sitting around as if Jesus isn't coming. That is really your God. And when He comes, if you hadn't been paying attention to Him, but all your attention was on this TV show, then you're going to be sorry He showed up. You know, today I was actually writing about that, and he said that when he shows up, it'll be like he stole your identity. You're going to wish he never came because you're going to really be caught as um, saying you're a Christian and you're really not because when you stand before him, that is going to be very clear to you. He said the wicked servant is going to... says to himself, my master's delayed and is gone for a long time and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with a drunken. Well, you know, he just means you're wasting your time and you're not doing, you know, his law of love. In fact, you're doing the opposite. You know, like gossiping, sitting around, um, putting people down, um, even the ones, the workers that know that he's coming. You know, um, you know he's coming if you have fellowship with him every day. If you're hanging out with him, I know he's coming. He told me, and he makes it real to me every day. And people that don't know him, you know, some people, they just sit around talking about the people that do know. And at that banquet table, he was showing me, you know, it's like I'm still there. And um, because every once in a while, he takes me back and gives me more revelation knowledge. And he said the people that were sitting there were the people that cared about what he cared about. And they were doing his work and he was encouraging us and then sending us out to further express that he is waiting. He, he has already postponed his coming because it's not his will that one should perish. And we got to let people know that they have to get ready. You have to take him seriously. Just like he's saying here, if he comes and he did, when, um, you know, it says the master, the servant will come on a day when he doesn't expect him. And at that very hour of which he is not aware and, um, I was just trying to make this, okay. And he, he will punish him, cut him up by scourging and put him with the pretenders, the hypocrites, and there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And even before I got through that part, God said to steal their identity. So it's the identity that's being stolen is your pretender. If you're not giving strict attention and watching for Jesus and actively waiting for him by doing your work, you know, when, when you ask him to come live on the inside of you, he said in Revelation 3.20, you need to take heed to his voice. You need to be a part of him. You know, he, he is the groom. We are the bride of Christ. And you have to get engaged with him and, and be about what he's about. Find out what he's thinking and what he's feeling. And he right now is really grieved that we're not even listening. So many people, he told me to tell people to get on their knees and find out how they should be actively waiting, what, what they should be doing as they're watching for him. 
And many won't do that. And he's saying, he said they're, they're going to be punished and they're going to be thrown in with the pretenders and where, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So that's what I said. I'm not willing to go to hell because I care about if you have, um, that I have teeth or not. And besides that, you know, I won't need any if I'm going to be thrown into hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is a scary thing. And so I'm just begging you today. I'm just here to convince you to get ready, to get on your knees and find out what you need to be doing. And maybe you're not at the place where he's going to send you out. Maybe you are. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to stop gossiping. Maybe you need to get off the couch and go and do his work. He has something for you to do. And it's a really scary thing. Now that I know what I know, to watch people just sit around and waste time and act in Thessalonians, it says, you know, everybody thinks everything's fine. Like this whole thing is going to blow over. It's not going to blow over. It's not. It's going to get worse. And Jesus is going to come and rescue us. And, you know, I got to tell you at that banquet table, um, one of the things he was showing me later is it wasn't full. And then I was wondering, was I like the last one in? It seemed like I was the last one in. And he said, yeah, you got in by the skin of your teeth. You made a drastic change. You started going, even though you didn't have teeth, you walked up to people and you talked to them and you didn't let what they thought bothered you. You cared more about what I thought about you than they did. Isn't that amazing? It is. And so I just barely made it to that table. And the people that were sitting at the table were the ones who were doing his work and he was encouraging us. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. And I, I keep getting revelation about that time with him. And he wants you to make it. And that's why he's warning us. You know, a lot of people say, well, we don't know the hour of the day. I'm not saying I do. I'm saying that he's saying, and I have so much more to tell you, but he's saying in the last four months, he's given me so much revelation, but he is on the other side of the door. And I heard him knocking it. And I don't know if I told you that already, but I will be, and I'm writing a book. And, and the book is called Getting Dressed for the King. And watch for it, because it's really good. He gave me so much revelation knowledge. I'm so excited. I, I heard about four books in the last four months that have not been published yet, but they have changed my life. When you get like emotionally involved with him, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you're emotionally involved with him, and it changes your life. And all the stuff that you're giving your attention to, if he came tomorrow, it wouldn't matter anyway. So put it aside now. Get on your knees and get ready. He is coming. Don't let anything stop you. Don't, don't let the enemy press you with, oh, what are they going to think of you? And you don't have teeth or you don't have hair or, or you're too fat or you're too skinny or whatever he's telling you. He's just trying to take you to hell. He's going to trip you up. If you have a God before him, you know, even being too prideful is having a God before God. Being too frightful to sit here before you without teeth is having a God before God. I have some teeth, but I don't have all my teeth. And, you know, I didn't want to be a toothless Sandy, but I smiled in the mirror and said, well, maybe it's kind of cute. Okay. So anyway, if you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, Revelation 3.20 says that if you, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart, and if you invite him in, he's going to come in. But you have to take heed to his voice. So many people think they can just say this prayer and then get on the train when it comes in. But no, you got to heed his voice and he's going to change you. He's going to get all those dead branches off you. He's going to get all that sin out of your life so that you fit into heaven. You can't fit into heaven if you were like you were before. 
right? Because when he comes and lives on the inside of you, whatever he is, you are. He changes you to be like him. He's so good. If you never said that prayer and committed to him to be his bride and be about what he's about, care about what he cares about, I want to say that prayer with you right now. Let's do that. Jesus, we thank you so much that you just clean us up and set us free when you come live on the inside of you and us. And I just want to receive that invitation of the people that never have. Come live on the inside of us and set us free. Change us. We thank you and praise you. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to believe you and just let you work all that stuff out of our lives that keeps us in bondage anyway. Who cares what someone else thinks about me? If you love me, that's all that matters. And you do. And it's amazing. And I just pray, Lord, that everyone find their way to you and help me to have made a difference here today. I love you and praise you, Lord. We love you so much. In your name we pray. And so if you said that for, and it's so excited for you, know what you need to do. John 1, 1 says he is his word. He is his word. And so you got to look at his word to get to know him. The Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of you. Jesus said the Father would send him. And so he is the advocate. Um, he doesn't say or do anything or tell you anything other than the Father would tell you. And so he's going to come and relay to you what Jesus is saying. The Father is saying that they're all one, they're all in agreement. And he's going to be your counselor, your standby. He's going to remind you of the things he said when you're out in the midst. And, and all of a sudden, he'll just remind you of something so that you know something you need to know. He tells us things to come. You know, we're um, talking about not knowing the day or the hour. He told Noah what he was going to do. He did. And he's telling us who are listening, have ears to hear, and you're going to know. And so he is telling us things to come. He's telling us come. he's coming. He's not saying the day or the hour, but oh, some days it feels like it'll be tomorrow. So be ready. Don't ignore this, what you've heard today. Get on your knees. If you spend enough time with him, if you heed his voice, you're going to know that he's coming. People that know that he's coming, they've had dreams. They had visions and um, just check out YouTube. It's everywhere. More than just me knows he's coming. How encouraging is that? Thank you so much for listening today. And God bless you.